Section 18 of the Pearl Storybook Stories and Legends of Winter, Christmas and New Years. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Jennifer Painter. The Pearl Storybook Stories and Legends of Winter, Christmas and New Years by Ada M. Skinner and Eleanor L. Skinner. The Holly, Janet Harvey Kelman. The holly is our most important evergreen, and is so well known that it scarcely needs any description. It has flourished in this country as long as the oak, and is often found growing under tall trees in the crowded forests, as well as in the open glades, where lawns of fine grass are to be found. People say that the holly, or holm tree, as it is often called, is the greenwood tree spoken of by Shakespeare, and that under its bushy shelter Robin Hood and his merry men held their meetings in the open glades of Sherwood Forest. Sometimes it is called the holly tree, because from the oldest time of which we have any record, its boughs have been used to deck our shrines and churches, and in some parts of England, the country people in December speak of gathering Christmas, which is the name they give to the holly or holy tree. It is this evergreen which we oftenest use at Christmas tide to decorate our churches, and very lovely the dark green sprays with their coral berries look when twined round the grey stone pillars. The holly is looked upon as a second-rate forest tree. It is never very large and it usually appears as a thick, tall bush, with many branches reaching almost to the ground. Sometimes you find it with a slender bare trunk, clothed with pale grey bark, and if you look closely at this bark, you will see that it is covered with curious black markings, as if some strange writing had been traced on it with a heavy black pen. This writing is the work of a tiny plant, which makes its home on the holly stem and spreads in this strange way. The bark of the young holly, shoots and boughs is pale green and quite smooth. The tree requires little sunshine and it seems to keep all it gets as every leaf is highly polished and reflects the light like a mirror. These leaves grow closely on every branch. They are placed alternately on each side of the twigs and are oval with the edges so much waved that the leaves will not lie flat, but curl on each side of the centre rib. The prickly leaves which grow low down on the tree have sharp spines along the waved edges, and a very sharp spine always grows at the point of the leaf. But the upper branches are clothed with blunt leaves which have no spines along the edges. Instead, there is a pale yellow line round each leaf and there is a single blunt spine at the point. Sheep and deer are very fond of eating the tough leathery leaves of the holly, and it is believed that the tree clothes its lower branches in prickly leaves to protect itself from these greedy enemies. Country people tell you that if branches of smooth holly are the first to be brought into the house at Christmas time, then the wife will be head of the house all the next year. But if the prickly boughs enter first, then the husband will be ruler. The holly leaves hang on the tree several years 
and after they fall, they lie a long time on the ground before the damp soaks through their leathery skin and makes them decay. You will find holly leaves from which all the green part of the leaf has disappeared, leaving a beautiful skeleton leaf of grey fibre, which is still perfect in every vein and rib. The flowers of the holly bloom in May. They appear in small crowded clusters between the leaf stalk and the twig, and each flower is a delicate pale pink on the outside, but is pure white within. There is a calyx cup edged with four green points, and inside this cup stands a long white tube with four white petals at the top. There are four yellow-headed stamens, and a tiny seed vessel is hidden inside the flower tube. Sometimes all these parts will be found complete in a single flower. Sometimes there will be flowers on the same branch which have stamens and no seed vessel, and others which have seed vessels and no stamens. Perhaps you will find a whole tree on which not a single seed flower grows. This tree may be laden with lovely white flowers in spring, but it will bear no berries in winter. You must have both stamen flowers and seed flowers if the tree is to produce any fruit. As summer passes, the seed vessels, which have had stamen dust scattered over them, become small green berries, and these berries turn yellow and then change into a deep red, the colour of coral or sealing wax. The berries cluster round the green stalk, and most beautiful they are among the glossy dark leaves. Inside each berry there are four little fruit stones containing seeds, and the birds love to eat these red berries, which are full of mealy pulp. But remember that children must never eat the holly berries, as they are poisonous except for the birds. You will find that if the holly tree has a good crop of berries this winter, there will not be many the following year. The tree seems to require a year's rest before it can produce a second large crop. There are some holly trees with leaves which are shaded with pale yellow or white, variegated hollies we call them. These are greatly prized for planting in gardens where the bushes with different coloured leaves lend much beauty when all the trees are bare in winter. The wood of the holly is too small to be of much use. It is white and very hard, and when stained black, it is largely used instead of ebony, which is scarce and expensive. The black handles of many of our silver teapots are made of stained holly wood, and the slender branches are good for making walking sticks and coachman's whips. End of section 18